0: Welcome to Sold Out Sports Talk with your host, Roman Gabriel III. Up-close conversations with high-impact personalities from the world of sports and entertainment. Follow Roman on Twitter and Facebook at Roman Gabriel 3 Today's show will feature interviews with Cleveland Browns tight end Seth DeValle and Arizona Cardinals coach and Olympic gold medalist Dr. Jen Welter. Visit fspn.net for all things faith, family, and sports, 365 days a year. Now, here's Roman with Cleveland Browns tight end, Seth DeVal.
1: Welcome to Sold Out Sports Talk on American Family Radio. And uh, we're excited to have a tight end Cleveland Browns, Seth DeVal, is with us. And um, Seth, first of all, uh, we were talking before we came on, the, the Browns have a new coach. They've got a lot of youngsters, 14 rookie draft picks. Um, and an ownership that kind of decided to go a different direction. So you guys are at the beginning of something, correct?
2: That's correct. Yeah, there's definitely a uh, a rebuilding process uh, underway, and um, that's no excuse for losing, though. You know, we're uh, we're getting better, and uh, Coach Jackson kept the team positive and together throughout a difficult year, and uh, we have a ton of respect and confidence in him, and uh, we're going to get this thing right. Okay, what year are you in now? Just finished my first year.
1: Okay, so... Transition. You're young. You're one of them. So tell me about the first year for you as a tight end and, and coming from college, and how you feel at the end of this year.
2: Yeah, sure. So I actually played wide receiver at Princeton. Um, I was always a big wide receiver, and it was uh, yeah. It was uh, yeah. I mean, I, I played my senior year at 245 at X receiver. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, You're it was like bigger fun. than Julio Jones. <laughs> yeah. And that's you know that's why they moved me to tight end, um, which was a which was a good move. I mean, it was a no brainer when I was headed into the league that I was yeah. going to head in as a tight end. Um, my skill set translates translates really good there, better than it would have translated at wide receiver. Right. Um, so that being the case, you know, unless uh, you
1: get some linebackers and some safeties, which yeah, is it's, a lot uh, better.
2: I do. I, I like I like that. I like uh, being able to go up against those guys and get a lot of separation. Um, but, you know, that being the case, you know, blocking was my biggest transition. Um, you know, blocking at the wide receiver position is more of like a basketball shuffle Yeah, just Staying kind of front. getting in front of yeah. them, stay in front. Whereas tight end, is a lot different. Yeah, so, yeah, um, yeah. Staying in front of me, they get buried. The guys are a lot bigger. Yeah. Uh, poor technique will get exposed. So very you quickly. worked on that a lot with year? Yes, very much so. Yeah. Where and, do you feel uh, like you're at now coming into your second season? Um, I feel like I. I know absolutely what to do. I just need more reps doing it to really refine it right. and uh, do it without as much thinking, you know. Okay, um, so at
1: Princeton at wide receiver, I got to think what? You caught 60-70 balls maybe?
2: Yeah, I, I caught uh I caught just shy of 100, I believe. Is that right? Um, yeah, and that was with two my two final seasons were really just hitting it cut, hard. Cut. Well, no, they were cut short oh, by were injury. They? Yeah. Okay. I had two foot surgeries, my final two years. How are those going? Those are those are totally better. Good. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta have feet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you're f- yeah, just walking around here, you gotta have them. Yeah. If your feet hurt, your whole body hurts, and I know that very well. Um, but I'm happy to have healthy feet, and helps my body feel feel really good.
1: Well, we're always excited to have guys like you on um, our. Our network is a face sports programming network. Mm-hmm. Um, our emphasis is a little different than than a lot of most of them in this room, and right. our, our goal is to tell the stories of high impact athletes of character that that are making a difference in people's lives and that um, are excellent at what they do, but they have a different reason for doing it. Right. And uh, I know based on Chris Cabot and based on Lee Steinberg, they're very excited about having you in the fold and. Mm-hmm. Um, two guys that, that, that do think about faith-based things and spiritual things and, yeah. and, and the importance of that in your life. So I know God's been a big part of your life. Tell me about that.
2: Yeah, you're certainly correct. Um, I grew up in a, an amazing Christian family. I, uh, you know, um, two parents who have been married over 30 years. Wow. And three older brothers who are walking with the Lord um, and really set a really great example for me in so many different ways in terms of how to how to be a disciple and uh, how to um, uh, put Jesus first in, in everything that you do. Um, and, you know, so I, that was distilled in me from a very young age. My story is not so much how I came to know the Lord, but how I came to put, um, how my faith grew yeah. throughout my life. Um, you know, it wasn't really till college until I was really on my own. I mean, once I got to college, I was in New Jersey really five years straight not coming home a whole lot um but it was the time leading up to college where you know i had my parents had given me opportunities um to serve the lord in ways that showed me that that was the most satisfying thing that i could do right and that i had ever done and that i ever will do and so it wasn't just like you know continuing to go to church in college continuing to be involved in campus ministry and um being in the service of the Lord, it wasn't doing that just to check a box. It right. It wasn't doing that just so I could tell my parents I was doing it. I was doing it really because this is what I want to do. Even because this you is, love God. This is this is yes. I it's because I love God and it's because I've found this to be what brings me satisfaction.
1: Well, Seth, tell me about it. Must have been very interesting at Ivy League school like Princeton because you know they. People don't realize that the foundation of all those Ivy League schools was Christian schools. It's true. And now they don't obviously look anything like that, right. so tell me about the challenge of being on a liberal campus like that, that has that tradition. Um, you were talking about how you were involved in ministry there, how yeah. how, uh, how interesting was it for you to be a conservative Christian in a very liberal environment?
2: Yeah, yeah it was definitely um, interesting, uh, challenging at times. Um, there's there's some incredible campus ministries at Princeton. The one which I was most a part of was uh, Princeton Faith in Action, PFA okay. for short. Um, the 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 thing about being on an Ivy League campus like Princeton is that all the the conversations that tend to get avoided sometimes in Christian circles and in church really come to the forefront. Oh yeah, right. Um, and all the kind of hot potato subjects like, um, um, you know. Homosexuality and um, different different um, sanctuary
1: topics. cities. Yes, uh, <laughs> and, um, racial reconciliation. Yeah,
2: yeah. Abortion. Lots of, lots of topics that that hit the media hard. To, um, in the in a stance where 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 Christians take a stance, and the media kind of blows it out of proportion. Um, those <laughs> conversations tend to arise to the forefront. And, you know, everybody there are, are high-thinking people right. with, with, Intelligent. With, with well-thought-out opinions. And so you really, you know, there's a verse in the Bible in Colossians, I believe. I believe it's Colossians chapter 2 that talks about, you know, when I came to you, brothers, I, I, I reckoned to know nothing but Christ and Him crucified yeah. so that men's faith might not be based on my wisdom right. but God's power. And in in situations like that, that's what you have to lean on. You have to lean on the Spirit's power to, you know, you can just present truth. Right. And uh, trust that the Holy Spirit will work through that because, you know. So I'd
1: assume that if you were on it, like you were talking about, that you got a lot of opportunities to share your faith and a lot of opportunities and had to learn how to be effective in sharing your faith.
2: Yeah. Yeah, no, I did. I've had uh, opportunities while on campus. I just had an opportunity this week to go back to to campus, actually, to their weekly... uh, their winter retreat their mm-hmm. annual annual winter retreat and speak at their winter retreat um you know the thing the thing i've learned to rely on is not my eloquent or persuasive words yeah. to to convince somebody but rather on god's power to do a change changing work and a transformative work in yeah. their heart and um that's re- that's really what i lean on in those situations and um it, it, it princeton uh uh, did so much for me um and and uh provided so much for me for my faith to grow and it was a good opportunity this past week to be able to give back in a small way so.
1: set the valves with us uh, tight end cleveland browns and um so what's the situation in cleveland i know uh i know a lot some chaplains in the nfl and, and i know they provide great opportunities for guys to explore their faith and and, and to support family yep. so
2: tell me about the cleveland browns uh situation yeah, the Cleveland Browns are, you know, we're recovering from a difficult season. And, um, you know, what everybody talks about and looks at is the record. Um, what what people will see if they follow us closely is that a lot of these games were really close. They were. And what a lot of people, what most everybody doesn't see is what goes on behind the scenes. I mean, we have an exceptional group of guys. And, you know, in the NFL, the uh, the group of guys is never the same from year to year. Yeah. But we've got we've got core guys on that team like Demario Davis and Josh McCown. Um, we're just men of faith and men of character and leaders, and uh, you know among other guys that you know I'm I'm not mentioning. But um, we have. But, ha- but we- you, you 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 have a a time
1: where you're all able to get
2: together if you want to, and then of course chapel service. And- That's correct. We so have we have Saturday evening chapel yeah. sessions and Thursday afternoon uh, uh, Bible studies. Cool. And, um, You know, one of the big things for me was, you know, going to church my whole life on Sunday and not being able to do that playing in the NFL. Um, It's different. Yeah, we started a Monday night Bible study actually because Monday night's always a day that we're in Cleveland, and um, that kind of became our uh, our consistent weekly uh, time of spiritual input as opposed to Sunday morning church Um, that we did on Monday evenings, and that was that was incredible. Uh, That was something I really enjoyed and look forward to every week. You well, know, you, you are, you've,
1: probably heard, you've probably heard this said, though. You're, what you're talking about is is that there are a lot of people that it's all about who they are and what they're doing or, and, and what people say and what their title is, where what God's looking for is availability. He's yes. looking for someone with an
2: obedient availability, and those are the people that he uses. Absolutely. And, I, you know, I, I was drawn to the reality this year that, um, you know, everything that I do um, – should be and can be a foretaste of, of God's coming kingdom, and you know that brings a lot of purpose to your day-to-day interactions and your day-to-day work.
1: Well, here's the good news. I know you're a good football player, but uh, but you're going places with the attitude you have because God honors people with the attitude you have. So the only good things are going to go on for you, and you're going to get an opportunity to influence a lot of people. So appreciate you taking the time to come on Sold Out Sports Talk because uh, we we love talking about what matters. Yes. You know, because the other stuff's great, but without God, it doesn't matter.
2: Like, Yeah, absolutely.
1: Seth DeVal, Cleveland Browns tight end. Thanks for coming in with us, and I hope you'll come back.
2: Yeah, Roman, thank you so much. When we come
1: back, more Sold Out Sports Talk.
0: You're listening to Sold Out Sports Talk with Roman Gabriel III. In this segment, Roman talks with Arizona Cardinals coach and Olympic gold medalist Dr. Jen Welter. Visit fspn.net for all things faith, family, and sports. And follow Roman on Facebook at the Roman Gabriel III
1: fan page. Welcome to Sold Out Sports Talk on American Family Radio. Glad to have you in with us. Um, somebody here with us today that's one of my favorite people. I'll tell you what, we met a few years back. and um, Well, not only is she an excellent football player. Yes, I said she. Um, <laughs> a star women's football player a star on the men's football deal. We've talked about this before, but I have not had her on live on simulcast like this since she broke the, broke the glass ceiling to become the first woman's football coach in America for the Arizona Cardinals. Jen Welter, Doctor Jen Welter is with us. She's smart, she's attractive, and she can play. <laughs> and do not get in her way, or she will hit you. Jen, how are you?
3: Pretty much. I, I do just like to tackle people, but we, you know, we have to give them that that framework. Otherwise, you look great. Look at the guns, offended.
1: man. You, you're working out, aren't you?
3: Uh, always. <laughs> I, you know, always. Yeah, I think it it's part of who I am. Hey, right? that's
1: all right. We got to feel good. Uh, absolutely. What, that, I, you know what? I've been around some players in the past that didn't do it, and they like. And, I'm, and I told him, you know, I had my wife that got me straight a few years back. And she said, well, you, you're, you're used to working out your whole life, right? I said, yeah. yeah. She goes, well, you just told your body that you're not doing that. And he's going, what are you doing? Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I, I, I got back in the pool about three years ago uh, and swim for about 30 minutes, lost about 20 pounds, mm-hmm. feel great. Yeah. I mean, I'm lean and mean.
3: Yeah, you're looking good. You're looking good. good. I know.
1: So whatever people have to do, right, to stay in shape. Absolutely. And, and the kids, especially, right? I mean. Oh
3: my gosh, it's it's so important. Um, you know, when when I was a kid, you you couldn't slow me down. Yeah. And so to think about even things like the NFL Play 60 initiative, where we're working to get kids active 60 minutes a day. Like it's come on. We kids like playing we weren't allowed like, to come in the house up. right right like get up go do something have fun I don't care what it is move around My have mom some fun
1: was like hey yeah. when it's dark I'll see you guys at six for dinner but you're you know I want you outside yeah you know, and you yeah, yeah, yeah. don't come in and be watching TV. So. and
3: that and you know everybody should be a big kid at heart so mom and dad get out and do it with them um get up and get active you know I I know it's a it's a struggle oftentimes for like moms specifically because they feel guilty you cannot be good to everyone around you if you're not good to yourself so if you don't have your health you don't have much
1: well jen welter can tell you that playing the game of football requires a lot of focus and concentration and one of the things that we've talked about in the past with her is a lot of young kids out there got dreams and goals a lot of them have big dreams i mean they want to accomplish things in their life but i think what we're trying to teach them is is there's a process and there's an amount of work that has to happen for those dreams to come true. And setting goals is one of those things that you've talked about with me in the past. And, you know, I think that's probably the most important factor, maybe the most important skill that a teenager can learn academically and, and, and athletic is how to set goals, right? Because uh, what were your goals when you were 10, 11, 12, 13? I mean, athletically.
3: Um, you know, I, when I was a kid, I wanted to be a professional tennis player. Is that right? Yeah. I uh, I was relentless. I would play, you know, maybe... Hours and hours every day on the court, you couldn't pull me off. Yeah. Um, that changed when I had a coach who actually told me because of my size and my build, I would never be strong enough to play pro tennis. And from there, I Wait I a minute, just, wait, can we stop that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. simulcast
1: people? <laughs> this is not strong enough to play tennis. Yeah,
3: but, you yeah. know, that's that's why I tell kids all the time. So that was when I I started lifting weights, and it really just changed my focus. Um, because I didn't want anybody to put those limits on me anywhere anywhere else and and that's something that's really important is to to know what you want and to not be afraid to go after it
1: dr jen walter's with us olympian uh
3: no uh, no 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 no, not the olympian well i always Uh, always, we talk about this it uh, should be the olympics it should should be be official the the
1: women's football should be in the olympics you're going to be in the coach of the world championship team right uh, this yeah. summer in Canada.
3: No, I, yeah, I will be coaching Team Australia. Okay. Um, and we but you've be, actually
1: coached the U.S. team too, right?
3: Um, no, I played for the you U.S. team. You played, played for the U.S. team. I played okay. for the U.S. team twice. So, Gold so medals sh- in 2010 and 13. Okay, that's
1: what I was trying to say. Yeah, Gold yeah, medal yeah. to me, you, why isn't it an Olympic sport?
3: Um, you know, hopefully it will be eventually. Good. Um, but it's it's a young sport in terms of the world it's stage. A, exactly. You know, the first Women's World Championship was in Stockholm, Sweden in 2010. And being a part of that team, um, I think it just changed me forever. I I know it changed even the way you listen to the national anthem. Right. You know, having the opportunity to put your hand over your heart and realize you're playing for your country is is something that doesn't take an Olympic title to Uh be that valuable. But I think hopefully one day it will be on that level. But the women who are playing and doing it now, it's the highest honor that you can have, and it's the top level that there is.
1: Okay, so let me ask you. I know a lot of people, I know I would want to ask this. I know what it's like to be in a training camp. I know what it's like to play NFL football and to be coached in NFL football. And, you know, for many, 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 many years, this has been a male-dominated deal. <laughs> I mean, from the ownership to general manager. I mean, there, there are any woman presidents. Well, no, there is. There's one woman president of Cleveland. But for the most part, it's been men. Mm-hmm. Um, when you were asked, you know, to become an assistant coach of the Arizona Cardinals. When you first stepped onto the field the first day of training camp, where it was you and these guys, these linebackers,
3: these big, tough NFL linebackers, tell me about that experience. You know, I was kind of nervous at first, obviously. Um, But I remember there was this moment, and uh, it was actually with the Falcons, Sean Weatherspoon, you know, uh, walked out on the field, and he was like, you know... It was something It was like, what do I call you? And I was like, well, you can call me, you know, coach, Dr. Jen, whatever. And he's like, all right, Dr. Jen. No, we'll call you Dr. J. And he walked away. And it was just this easy vibe, right? Like it was so comfortable. And then we were doing like warmups and uh, the linebackers were shuffling. And I just started shuffling him with, um, uh, with uh, uh, Edwin Jackson, who's now with uh, the Indianapolis Colts backing out there. He looks great. We called him pound cake. And I was side shuffling pound cake. And I was like, I'm gonna get you low. And they were like, all right, coach, let's go. And it was having those fun moments where it wasn't, these guys are larger than life anymore. It was like, they're my guys. And this is football. And this is what we all do, that those nerves went away so quickly.
1: So was there a point where where you knew that you proved yourself or, or that you proved or you maybe passed a test where the guys, where you really felt like, hey, these guys do understand what I'm about?
3: Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, they, there's there's so many different tests, some or some right. big. Um, I tell everybody it was about two things, mostly. One, do you belong? Right. Do you know the game? You know, are you qualified? A student and, of the game. Yeah. And two, can we get along? Is it going to be awkward? Right. Right? Like, is it going to change how we can be? Can we be ourselves? Right. So um, one of the moments where I knew they saw that I belong, right? They would tell me all the time, first of all, they watched my game film. So there was some street cred, which meant a lot, yeah. right? That was, that was buy-in before I went on the field, and that helped. But I was talking to one of the guys. He was doing something on special teams, uh, working with him on a move, and Lorenzo Alexander walks by legendary right legendary Mm -hmm. player and all of a sudden a rookie's eyes just like right to Zoe of course right nothing intentional nothing like bad but he was just like you know I'm coaching him up on something he was just like Zoe uh what do you think I need to do to like do better Uh uh-huh and so just looked at him and he was like what you need to do is listen to coach right there wow because what she's saying is spot on wow and to me That was so big on so many levels. Number one, you know, he could have scooped that rookie up under his wing, taken him and undermined me at the same time. Whether it was intentional or unintentional, it didn't matter. But instead, you know, he gave me that veteran seal of approval. And I just remember being like, man. That's cool. That was awesome, and, and there were so many times like that.
1: Dr. Jen Welter's with us, first NFL coach, women's NFL coach, Arizona Cardinals, and um, she's got a great experience. And um, before I let you go today, two questions. Number one, what what do you take away from it now, looking back in terms of the opportunity, and how has it helped you with your platform and what I know you love to do, which is to reach out to young people to say, "Go for it."
3: Um, you know, one of the most important lessons I would tell anybody is, is something I got from a good friend of mine, Terry Glenn, who used to coach with me at the Texas revolution. And he said to me, said, the best advice I can give you before going to the NFL is to be a hundred percent authentic. He said, if you are exactly the person you were with us be who you every are. single day here in training camp, those guys will absolutely love you. But if you're fake, in any way they'll know it and they'll eat you alive and so stepping into that situation where you know there was nobody to look to you know how should a female coach in the NFL I didn't want to try and be the other coaches how do you own your own style it really is tapping into who you are right and at any of those moments that I wasn't really sure what I should do I just went back to being authentic and I think it was really special for the guys because it was a different voice. My approach was a little bit different, but that's what diversity brings. And that's the beauty of diversity. Yeah. It's not about being better than somebody else. It's do you have a unique voice that maybe you can bring to a situation that causes people to see things a little differently or reaches And what's cool is, is, that, somebody. is that
1: God makes everyone unique. That's right. And everybody has to find that and be that. Absolutely. Um, and that's really cool. Now. Uh, I would be remiss because you've told me about this, and I want people to know it, to be ready for it. But uh, why shouldn't you tell this story, Um, this incredible journey that you've been on, because there's so many people that can benefit from it, men, women, girls, guys. Um, you got a book that you Getting ready to come out called yes. "Go for It," and I no, love the it's name. called "Play Big." Oh, no, play big! That's right. Play big. Play
3: big. That's right. Because at five foot two, yeah. I certainly had to play bigger.
1: So, t- so than tell I me was about physically. that. When is it going to come out? And tell me about what they can expect.
3: Yeah, um, it'll be out in fall of two thousand and seventeen. Right, it'll be through Seal Publishing, which I'm really excited about, and it's 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 my story, but elements my story, focused around different elements of what it means to play big in in. In my mind, so it's a motivational take on my story. Um, How can you have an impact that maybe is bigger than yourself? Uh Um, You know, and obviously it's it's your your theme, football, family, and faith. Well, we're playing bigger for something than ourselves, right? If I was, you know, say playing in men's professional football, if it was just me, and there was no no bigger effect, no ripple effect, no nothing. That benefited anybody else, nobody watching, no nothing, would I have still stepped on the field every single day for a year and taken hits by those guys? Maybe yes, maybe no. But when you realize that you're playing for something bigger than yourself, you're playing for your family, you're playing for your faith, football does that. Mm-hmm. And that you are not alone. That you can have a big impact that goes far beyond five foot two. You know, it's it's also creating that mentality you know here i am again one of the, so small on the u.s national team that they used to call me kid and yet i had players internationally that were like oh my gosh Walter's crazy like we're so scared of her as the crazy american like how do you create that persona how do you leave an impression how do you do all those things and uh that's what you'll see in pay, play big okay
1: so when you come over the book you can come back with us to talk about play big when this thing gets ready because it's a great story Dr. Jen Welter, Arizona Cardinals first woman's coach, football player. She's out there. Check her out and uh, we'll see you soon, Jen. Absolutely. Appreciate And you,
3: and, you know, join my website, jenwelter.com, and I'll kind of keep you up to date on everything that I'm doing.
0: You've been listening to Sold Out Sports Talk with Roman Gabriel III. Our podcasts are available at AFR.net. You can follow Roman on his official website, www.fspn.net, and on Facebook at Roman Gabriel III. We'll catch you next time on Sold Out Sports Talk, your source for faith, family, and sports.